0: Hey guys, welcome back. You're listening to The DM with Audrey, Brianne, and Tyree.
1: Last week we reviewed the film Charlie's Angels, which we definitely think you should check out.
0: On this week's episode of The DM, we will be reviewing AJ and the Queen and having a Q&A with the show's costume designer, Tracy Gigi Field. AJ and the Queen is an American comedy drama streaming on Netflix created by RuPaul, Charles, and Michael Patrick King. It premiered on January 10th, 2020. The director is Michael Patrick King. And the creators are RuPaul and Michael Patrick King. The makeup artist is Curtis Foreman, who has worked on RuPaul's Drag Race, UK, US, and Drag All-Stars. And he has worked on the television show Salem. The costume designer is Tracy Gigi Field, who has worked on shows such as Dead to Me, Two Broke Girls, and The Comeback.
1: So the plot of AJ and the Queen is what we're reviewing today. And the plot of it basically is just that it follows Ruby Red, who is played by RuPaul, a bigger than life, but very down on her luck drag queen who travels across America from club to club in a rundown RV. With a very unlikely sidekick, AJ. AJ is a recently orphaned and like tough talking, like scrappy little girl. So basically, what happens to RuPaul's character is that she's a very successful drag queen and he wants to open up a like his own club in Brooklyn, I think. And Long story short, like he has a boyfriend and the boyfriend is actually like a scam artist. And the boyfriend winds up taking all this money that RuPaul's character has like been saving for like the last 10 years or however long. The boyfriend embezzles all of the money and like leaves RuPaul penniless. And so she's forced to go back like out on the road and like take her act on the road to like get back to where she was. And then, yeah, she meets AJ. AJ runs away with her. AJ, we find out AJ's a little girl. Um, It looks like a little boy at the beginning because AJ's character wears like a beanie a lot of the time. But then we we see through flashbacks and stuff that it's actually a little girl. And so she's a stowaway on RuPaul's RV and like RuPaul eventually finds her. And at first he's like, nope, like I don't want a child here. Like I don't want to deal with this. But then AJ kind of like sweet talks him and he decides to let her stay. And they are on their way to Texas because her mother is from Texas and, and AJ's orphaned. And so she's looking for her mom. RuPaul says, okay, you can join me. And then in Texas, like we'll split up and just basically like as the two misfits are traveling from city to city, like Ruby just sends her message of love and acceptance. And she winds up touching a lot of people's hearts and changing their lives for the better. I don't want to ruin the, the like ending for you guys. Cause we think you guys should check it out. It's um, like Tyree said, it's available on Netflix and it's only one season. They unfortunately didn't get picked up for a second one, but I think it was it six episodes that it is or eight
0: i think 10
1: oh wow 10 i mean you can binge it in like a day because i did like (laughs) watch it for the show and yeah we are going to get right into our q a with miss tracy gg field we are very excited and lucky to have her here with us today tracy can you let our listeners know a little bit about yourself
2: Hi, I'm Tracy Gigi Field. I've been in the costume world for over 20 years, basically started off as a costume PA and worked my way up. So here I am.
0: (laughs) That's that's amazing. So we're going to get into questions about AJ and the Queen. I know that it was extremely diverse cast from a uh, Robert to Ruby Red to AJ Lady Danger how do you go about translating different characters with their costumes
2: The way I go about translating costumes for different characters is I basically do research. You know, it's like I read the script and then different ideas pop into my mind, and then I kind of like find those ideas or get inspired by, you know, what I think I need and want them to be. And then I create like mood boards. Sometimes I go to a fabric store. Sometimes it's like a museum. Like, you know, I find inspiration everywhere. And then In terms of like specific characters, uh, for me, it's like you go off of who the cast is, you go off of who that character is, how you want the character to be perceived when the viewers first view them.
1: Nice. (laughs) So in the show, each episode was based in a different city. Did you guys actually travel to each of
2: those different cities? girl. I wish we traveled. (laughs) Um, No. So basically, yes, in AJ and the Queen, every episode, we went to a different state, different city. And that is movie magic. We basically shot all over LA and on different studio lots. And we just kind of created the world. And by creating the world, you also like have specific type of people that would be like in Texas or like, you know, wherever we were. So no, we did not travel. (laughs) Movie magic. (laughs)
0: That is really good magic.
2: Great. Right?
0: Yes. So working with RuPaul, there was an episode where there was like a Bob Mackie museum. And I know that Bob Mackie has worked with RuPaul and is relatively like legendary in like costumes with like Cher. And like, how was it working with Bob Mackie and seeing his work in real life?
2: First and foremost, like, that was one of my favorite episodes. I was so excited to costume design that episode. So working with Bob Mackie was, like, amazing. First of all, like, we had to get in touch with him. We had to make sure he was cool with us, like, using some of his designs, et cetera, et cetera. And then I actually had to recreate two of his looks. And so, like, the Carol Channing one that was on a mannequin, I had that recreated, the beading, everything. And then as far as Ruby's look... So she wore one of her own Bob Mackie designs, and then I created a shrug that went over that, and it kind of just all came together. And yeah, I don't know, like that particular episode just was like so creative for me and like just kind of, you know, you, you get to work with the legend. So like, what, what, more, what more do you want? You know, it was pretty amazing.
0: That was amazing.
2: I just have a quick little tag along question there. With
1: the Cheryl outfit, the one that you recreated, did you get to have the original alongside you to do that recreation or you just had to use like reference photos?
2: The way that I recreated that was off of reference photos, like very detailed reference photos. And yep. that particular outfit has a lot of hand beating, which obviously in TV, we don't have a lot of time to do that. Mm-hmm. So I had to like find something that could replicate that like rather quickly it took me uh, three or four days downtown to try to find something that was even remotely close but it worked so yeah no it definitely did when you booked AJ and the Queen
1: did you have quite a bit of research that you felt like you had to do in regards to drag origins or did you go into the project already kind of knowing a little bit like what was that research like
2: um, I'm going to say that and the Korean was a real challenge for me because I had not done drag before. And like, if you've never been in this world, it's like such a learning curve. And like, I have such an appreciation for everything drag, like down from like the foundation from the beginning to like what you actually see on like the, you know, the actual, like outside of what's happening, like, and it's a community and The truth is, is that when you work on something like this, like you really do kind of understand that like we're all kind of in drag, right? Like we all put on our own like armor for the day and it could be any sort of outfit. It could be your makeup. It could be your hair, like, you know, whatever that is. But it's just like a real understanding of like a a feeling, a movement, like, you know, when you're in drag, you're in drag. So. Costume wise, though, yes. Like I had to do a lot of research. Um, I talked to Zaldi a lot, which, you know, everybody loves Zaldi. He's amazing. And I actually have friends that are drag queens. So I talked to them, like, you know, especially about, again, I know I'm going back to the foundation, but the foundation is everything, like all the pads and the things that, you know, you wear underneath the beautiful gowns and the outfits. So definitely a lot of research. (laughs) that's a very long answer to (laughs) your (laughs) question no no we
1: listen to you talk all day so with aj a lot of aj's wardrobe is pretty similar throughout the show did you have like a lot of duplicates of that particular like the wife beater and the the denim like was there just a ton of that like duplicates of that outfit since it was recreated so often in each episode Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes. <laughs> so And they're perfectly aged, right? Cause she's yeah. like, not, I mean, you know, she didn't really have a home. And so, yeah, I think we had, we had seven for her personally. And then she had a stub double or a photo double. And we had like five of those. And the most important thing about when someone or a character has like one costume or one costume with like slight variations is that Every single multiple needs to match. And when they're not clean, it's like not that. I feel like that's the challenge in that. You just have to make sure that all the dirt is in or all the aging is in like the right spots. So yeah, we had a lot of those.
0: (laughs) And she got into a lot of stuff. So,
2: oh my gosh. I mean, all day, every day. Right. And it's also like, you know, she had that jacket and the jacket would be like on, off, in a bag like you know so and also like trying to be consistent with like wrinkles and I know this is all things that people don't really think about but we spend a lot of time trying to make sure it's perfect yeah Yeah.
0: so with RuPaul I know that he created the show how was it working directly with him on his looks for Ruby or did you work directly with him or how did that process go about
2: Okay, first and foremost, Rue's amazing, right? Like, he's not only, like a genuinely just nice person, but he has a really great spirit. So, yes, I did get to work closely with him. He is very was very enthusiastic about the project. So, Zaldi was responsible for Ruby's looks, and I was responsible for Robert's looks. There were some crossovers, obviously, like, you know, I got to do the Jamaican drag, and I also, like, helped with, like, the Bob Mackie look, and uh, I worked very closely with Zaldi with Ruby's look to make sure it fit wherever we were going, and like, what town, And if there were any last minute like tweaks or anything, I did that for Zaldi. And so it was just nice to have that collaboration. And then as far as like Rue with like the Robert looks, like, you know, one of my favorite moments of fitting Rue and working with Rue was I found this amazing like Paul Smith jacket and he put it on and, you know, look. Rue is made like a supermodel, obviously. And so like, you know, sometimes he just walks into something and he like put this jacket on and it was like second skin. And he was like, girl, you're going to win an Emmy for this one. And I was like, oh my God, I love you so much. So yeah, it was just moments like that, that like, you just really help keep you enthusiastic about all the things. And I really did love dressing him. I feel like it was really fun. And, you know, he can pull off things that the average guy can't. So yeah, it was really fun.
0: Just to follow up with that, in dressing Lewis, like Lewis is quite the character. <laughs> what went into that process of just like dressing him to be the over-the-top character that he was?
2: <laughs> Lewis actually is one of my favorite characters of the series, and I have to tell this quick story about how we got to where he landed. So originally, he was scripted to be in like velour sweatsuits. And like, have like a, almost like a Sean John sort of look. Like, just kind of like cash and like, and we tried that and that didn't feel right. And so, Michael Patrick King, who is also the creator, Sex in the City, a Comeback, Two Broke Girls. Like, I've worked with him for like the last 10 years. We kind of have like a second sort of like language, like a shorthand. And so, he literally said to me, I needed to feel like this. And I know you can't see this, so I'm going to explain what he did. He just gave me a hand motion, like drape like a drape. He's like, I need it to feel like this. And I was like, okay, that's cool. So I go to the fabric store directly from that meeting and I'm like, it needs to feel, okay, okay. So I'm like walking down the aisles. I'm like touching stuff, da, da, da. And I came across this amazing cashmere fabric and I was, but it draped. It had like this most amazing like swoosh. And so I was like, okay, I can make something with this. I can do something with this. So I ended up coming up with like a cape, poncho-y kind of look like and then I made matching pants and then I was like okay like I'm gonna make another one of these like maybe it's his thing and then I found some other like poncho style drapey things online and I was like <laughs> and then I showed that to Michael Patrick King and he was like that's it that's what I wanted and I was like cool so yeah I just feel like that's when it's like you're come to like Jesus moment when you like really hit it and like soon as that actor put on that outfit he was like oh this is it. You know, so I feel like mission accomplished. Nice. Amazing.
0: So that wraps up questions on AJ and the Queen. We are going to get into more Q&As about just your career and hopefully some fun tidbits. I know that you said you got your start as a PA, but what actually made you want to be a costume designer?
2: The reason I wanted to be a costume designer is... Basically, I worked at the mall, was going to fit them at the time, and I really just wanted to know where the actors got their clothes. I was like, where do these actors get their clothes? And then once I kind of figured that out, I was like, oh, I wouldn't do that. (laughs) Like, that's literally, like, what what happened. And, you know, I... Got a job as a costume PA. I was working at Contempo Casuals for all of you who don't know what that is because you know I'm aging myself here. It was like a sister store to Wet Seal. I may also be aging myself because I feel like Wet Seal may have gone out of business like five years ago or ten years ago, but whatever. So it was a store in the mall that was super popular at the time. And all the people who worked on shows and films and like whatever, I would just ask them how we got started. How'd you get started? How'd you get started? And then Diane Kennedy, who was the costume designer of Sabrina the Teenage. Which happened to come in, and again, I'm dating myself. I love that show. Um, and she, I asked, she was another. I'm just very vocal about what I wanted to do, and how you know, and I asked for advice, and she was like, "Oh, why don't you come in and interview to be a costume PA?" And I was like, what? Okay, I don't know what that is, but sure." And I did get that job, and I basically, you know, I just like I come from very humble beginnings, and like you don't make a lot of money as a PA and I like almost lost my car and like, you know, whatever. I couldn't pay my bills, whatever. But I knew I really needed this experience in order to move forward. So sometimes you take a step forward, take a step step back, take a step forward. So I did that and I kind of just risked. Well, wherever, you know, my trajectory at the time, which was I was a store manager at the mall and look at me now, you know what I mean? So it's like, if I can sit here and like, I, I always say this, like, if I can be here thriving, then anybody can, you know, like I lived in a motel when I was in the fifth grade. So when I say humble, I mean really humble beginnings.
0: Yeah. That is amazing.
1: So I am a big fan of dead to me. I love your work that you do in that show. And I just wanted to ask you, so what's it like having Judy's boho style play off of Jen's realtor ensembles? Like how do you make those two kind of work together in scenes?
2: Okay. So I love Dead to Me. This is the thing about Dead to Me. I get to really create stylized characters that are so visually stark in who they are. It's like, so fun. And I have to attribute Liz Feldman, who is the creator writer, because she really does trust me and just kind of lets me do my thing. And so like when someone trusts you and they let you do your thing, you really get to like, like make a mark, you know what I mean? Or you get to like, really like, be creative in the way that you should be. So I feel like, look, Judy is like a warm hug, right? She's like floral and sweet and she wears all of her beautiful maxi dresses and she has her little vintage pops and she's just like a a warm hug. Soft colors, you know what I mean? And then you have Jen, who is the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. Strong silhouettes, strong colors. You know, it's like, wears a lot of dark because she is kind of dark, you know? And it's like, They're so distinctively different, but what I like about it is that like these two people who are so different, both inside and outside visually can be friends and they find a common ground. And like, I think that's what the whole story is about. Right. So the whole, like, you know, the whole premise of that show is about friendship. So, yeah, I love designing that show.
1: You do a great job. I love how the the opposites attract and I think that they play off of each other really well. And actually, like before we created this podcast, I knew that we didn't be interviewing anything like that. I noticed the clothing on that show in the first episode. I was like, this costume designer is on it. Like, because the costuming itself is a character in the show. So like, just I I love the work that you've done there. Very much.
2: I really, really appreciate it. It It was, it's one of my favorite things I've done
1: lovely
0: (laughs) one of my favorite shows is Two Broke Girls (laughs) I love that show I'm obsessed what was it like just taking a traditional diner outfit and making it into that yellow and red like memorable iconic diner ensemble
2: (laughs) well Two Broke was like so fun in the way that I got to dress like 20 year olds just like looking kind of cool but In regards to the uniforms, I really just wanted them to be, like you said, iconic. I wanted them to be like Laverne and Shirley. I wanted them to be like... I mean, people ended up, like, dressing as them for Halloween, and that's when you know that your costume is mated, okay? Okay. So, um, I basically was like, I, we're going to be in this diner that's sort of vintagey feeling, you know? It's like a 70s sort of diner, so, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure you all can tell by now that I love vintage. Any Anytime I can throw anything vintage in there, I'm doing it, even in my own life, so... I wanted it to be, like, ketchup and mustard, and, like, I had all these ideas, right? And so then I started to source fabric, and I found this great, like, 70s runoff of fabric. And so, poof, there it is. I mean, that's kind of... And what I ended up doing, which I think really made a difference, is I tailored them to each girl's body. Like, Kat, you know, she has her attributes, and we made sure that we highlighted those and then Beth had her attributes and we wanted to make sure that we highlighted those. And so we just kind of tweaked the uniform a little bit on each girl to just make sure it was like super flattering. So I think that kind of like helped boost it as well.
0: And did you have multiples or did they have? (laughs)
2: Let's talk about these multiples. Okay. Look, seriously, (laughs) when I first started the show, I only had three for each girl. And I ran out of fabric because it's vintage fabric from the seventies. <laughs> so, oops! Now we have an episode where they're like running in the rain, and then they like slip and fall in mud, and we need like ten of them. What are we gonna do? And I was like, um, okay. So, researched and finally came up with a company downtown that manufactures vintage fabric, and I had to, the minimum order was. 2,000 yards. Stop. (laughs) So there is a bolt of fabric at Warner Brothers somewhere in a storage unit that probably has, like, I don't know, 1,500 yards on it. Because, I mean, I had to do it. But that's the thing. That's, like, people, like like, if you're not in this world, you don't even understand some of the hoops that we need to jump through. But at the end of the day, there's, like, no saying no. There's only I'll figure it out. So I figured it out.
1: Funny. What is the hardest or most rewarding part of your job?
2: Well, I would say the most difficult or challenging part is usually the time frame. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just not enough time to do all the things you want to do or find the exact thing you want and for me, like I I don't sleep a lot because I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, I know where I can get whatever. And I like get out of my bed, I'm online, I'm like ordering it, cause I need to have it in a certain especially now. It's like, you know, during COVID, it's just like everything takes longer to get to you. So you're like, oh my god, okay. So I would say that is the biggest challenge and the the most rewarding part, there's like two things for me. One is when people see your work and they're appreciative they see how much hard work you've put into something and they're like, whoa, I know that that was not easy. Like, it looks amazing or whatever. The other part that I find very rewarding is seeing my assistants grow. I tend to keep my assistants for a long time. My first assistant I had for like seven years. The next one was three years. And now I'm on another one that's three years in. And to see them go from like, you know, just learning how to do something to like being superstars is like, I don't know it just makes me so happy like I wouldn't be where I am if someone hadn't taken me under their wing Lou Irick, Susan Matheson Michelle Cole like all these people that really like just helped me along the way like I'm all about trying to give back so however I can help people like you know it's like bringing people up when you were being brought up it's like the bigger I get the more I want to help other you know what I mean it's like I just feel like you got to pay it back and that's like I think that's the most rewarding.
1: That's such a sweet answer. Oh,
2: thanks. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, I know that I I tend to touch on this quite a bit, but like, look at me. Oh, well, you can't look at me. But (laughs) if you look at me, you know that like, when I first got in this business, there wasn't like anybody who kind of looked like me. Like, I'm biracial, I'm multicultural, I'm a fair-skinned black woman, and like... I just didn't have a place that I really fit in. And there were certain people along the way that just kind of like helped me like fit in and understand that I had a place in this costume world. And so like, however I can give that back, I want to do that. You know, it's important to me.
1: That's That's great.
0: Overall, what are some of your favorite costumes in television or film? Or like, what are you inspired by?
2: Okay, I'm going to give myself a quick nod here only because I never really do this, but... I'm nominated right now for a movie called Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. And yeah, and I'm just so proud of those costumes. And not just because of the costumes themselves, but because they fit in the world so well. Like I worked so closely with the DP and the production designer and like, it's all just like so cohesive. It's just so visually stimulating and fun that like, I could not be more proud of it. So there's that. (laughs) And then Look, anything that Lou Eirich does, totally inspiring. You know, she is a person who taught me to really pay attention to the details. I was her assistant for a while. And people always say to me, wow, you really like, you know, you really pay attention to details. Like you're really, and I'm like, yeah, every time that I get that compliment, I text Lou and I'm like, I wouldn't have this had I not worked with you. It's like, sometimes it's about the jewelry. Sometimes it's just about one ring. Like it's all the things that make the character individual. And it doesn't have to be a big thing, you know? So I would say everything Lou does. Um, Look, Blade Runner from, like, the 80s. Come on. I mean, I love looking at stuff like that. If I could do sci-fi one day, like, that would be a dream. Um, What else? What else? I mean, look, I love period stuff. I mean, who doesn't? I think that that's just a joy to, like, to watch Bridgerton. I mean, come on. Like Ellen killed that. So, you know, I, um, I think that those are probably like my top, my top, top, as far as like inspiration goes, I'm one of those people that I walk down the street and like kind of sneakily take photos of people. Cause I can, street style is where it's at, you know, it's like people are out there just doing things that you're like, Ooh, I mean. I wouldn't have even thought of that. Snap, snap. And you're like, like, I hope they don't catch me. But, you know, I think that's where I really get the most inspiration from. And every now and again, it's like an art book, you know? So, yeah.
0: With Barb and Star, did you do their Golden Globe look?
2: You know I did. Those sparkly (laughs) gloves, that was me. Yeah, that was like super fun. Uh, Kristen called and Annie called. You know, we were on a conference call and they were like, hey, what are you, we're going to do the Golden Globes as Barb and Star. I was like, okay. I was like, sparkle on the stage. Like, yeah, it was really fun. And to do like their iconic like finale looks from the movie and then translate it into like a dress-up outfit, Pretty, pretty fun.
1: Do you have a preference between doing TV shows or film?
2: Yeah, TV or film. Okay, so... Obviously, I love doing... Well, I love doing it all. Let's be real. Like Anything creative, I'm all about it. It could be a $5 job. It could be a $50 million job. I'm still the same person. Like I still want to put all the energy into it. Film is different in the way that you get a little bit more time to really develop characters. So, yes, I love that. And I love like the fact that it can just be so big. Like, Barb and Star, and with that dance number, I don't know if you guys have seen this movie, but it's like, you know, I have 100 dancers and they're like all in like specially designed uniforms and it's a mash of color between pink and teal and it had to be perfect. And like, so like when you do films, it's just on a much bigger level and you have a lot more time in development. I'm like the queen of TV. I, I love doing TV. I have no problem do, you know, it's like, I'm so used to the fast pace. Like I do commercials, like superhero commercials and stuff too. It's like, I kind of work really well under pressure. So like the TV thing, sure. What you got? Throw it at me. I got you. Oh, I got 11 hours to prep it. No problem. You know, so yeah, I mean, I, I guess I love it all. So I don't really want to make a choice. I hope that I can continue to, to bounce between film and TV and commercials and whatever else you want to throw in my way.
1: You have amazing energy first. I love your yes. energy. <laughs> yes. It's, oh, it would be yes. wonderful to work for, seriously. This has gone by so fast because I we're at our last question, which is just, what does the future hold for
2: Tracy Gigi Field? Oh, what does the future hold for Tracy Gigi Field? Okay, well, I am about to, well, we have Dead to Me season three gotta wrap it up gotta wrap it up which I'm very excited about and then I'm going to do a league of their own which is a Amazon series 1940s I just want to put a lot of energy into that and make it as like period appropriate and as beautiful as possible and you know I did get a couple calls about doing some larger comedic films but it's all about timing so we'll see you know it's like I do want to do bigger films and hopefully I'll squeeze one in soon
0: (laughs) cool
2: yeah and thank you guys so much for having me like i love doing these things i love trying to like spread the word about costume design if for any reason anyone's listening and you want to dm me on instagram and you have any questions you want to know how to get in if i can help you whatever just let me know because like you know again i wouldn't be where i am had somebody not helped me and i appreciate you guys saying that i have good energy i try you know it's like oh yeah it's a every day is not like this but like you know I try to give yourself a break but for the most part like I just try to put good energy out there you know I think that's important
1: and to our listeners that is an amazing offer that Tracy just gave you guys so anybody interested in in costume design if you are listening you should definitely like take her up on that and just thank you for your time today this was so much fun
0: thank you so much we loved having you
2: Aw, thanks for having
0: is, me. Like Such valuable knowledge. Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that wraps up episode 18 of The DM, where we discussed Netflix's AJ and the Queen and had the pleasure of interviewing costume designer Tracy Gigi Field.
0: Thank you, Tracy, for joining us on our podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time out to talk with us. We had a great time chatting with you. Thank you again.